Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Talk 1110 99.3 WBT Brett Witterbull show. Happy to welcome back to the program. This man is a uh, patriot. He is a smart lawyer. He's a great writer. He is Scott McEwen. Scott McEwen, good to have you back on the show, sir. Good to talk to you, Brett. Been a long time, and I hope you're well uh, in this beginning of a very tumultuous year. Oh, boy, it sure is. So let's kind of go uh, a, a little bit in, in reverse here. I want to get your thoughts on the Supreme Court hearing yesterday and the attempt to try to disqualify former President Trump from the ballot in Colorado and obviously then beyond. Uh, How do you assess what happened there? Well, you know, it's rare. I I will say this. It's rare that I am proud of my legal background. I don't say that lightly either. I mean, I just have seen a lot of things lately that uh, have disappointed me as far as as far as the Justice Department and what I feel to be two two systems of justice in this country, unfortunately. Um, but that being said, I tell you, I saw some questioning yesterday by Katanji Brown Jack and by Elena Kagan, both Democratic appointees, and they posed some very difficult questions on the attorneys who argued Trump should be removed from the ballot, i.e., the attorneys from Colorado. And I felt, you know, having done this many times in the appellate court, I don't see a way that they're not going to rule in favor of uh, Trump on this case. I really don't, because the questioning was so poignant and so pointed at saying, look, if we allow these states to do this, haven't we just destroyed national elections as they exist? And they're exactly correct. Yeah, that is. I mean, look, that it it did seem to me at at different times, the the people who were arguing on behalf of Colorado um, were, were really, really paddling hard because they, they weren't getting any ground from these folks. And especially, as you mentioned, uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson and, and, and of course, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the questioning even from Elena Kagan, right? Uh, do you, do you uh, assume that this will go unanimous? Do you think it'll go 8-1? What do you think will happen? Well, I'll tell you this right now, and I wrote something yesterday. Um, I think it's at least an 8-1, and I think this might be a point where the court wants to really put their foot down and say, look, you guys have stepped over the line, and uh, we need to have a unanimous 9-0 decision here. And I think if there is an opportunity to do it, this is one of the cases that that could happen because this is such an assault. You know, not only the Colorado court, but the main secretary of state just saying on her own volition, well, you're off the ballot. I mean, we cannot allow this to happen this way, Brett. This is a real... And, and, and I'm not just saying it for the Republican side, because right. obviously I'm more on the conservative side. But I'll tell you right now, it shouldn't happen to Democrats either. Right. Right. Uh, look, it's it, you don't want to have judges deciding who's going to get thrown off a ballot. You want to have the American people decide. I mean, unless you're, you know, un, unless you're it's unconstitutional, you know, you're not from the United States and you can run for the office. I mean, that's that's a, that's a different thing altogether. Um Okay, I'm going to pivot over to last night. Yesterday, last night, a lot went on. That report comes down from, uh, obviously, the uh, 
the, the, the special counsel on documents. And I want to play one clip here just to refresh people's minds. This is Cut 39. Cut 39. Uh, this is Joe Biden on the presser on memory, et cetera. Cut 39. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. That's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's the, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president. My memory is not gotten. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. President, Mr. President, voters have concerns about your age. How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. How do you assess this? Uh, first, there's the legal issue, and then there is the potential competency issue. What, what do we have going on here, Scott? Well, on the legal issue, I totally disagree with the estimation of the special counsel. And supposedly this guy was from the right, an appointee of, of Trump. I don't know. But if we let crim- criminal behavior be assessed based upon the fact that you're supposedly a nice person or a jury won't convict you when you're 87 years old or whatever, then, you know, then I guess people can walk around with five pounds of heroin and just say, well, you know, I forgot that it was there or whatever else. It's just it's completely preposterous to have that as a standard of proof necessary to, to go forward with the prosecution of someone. But that being said, I totally disagree, and I disagree with any distinction between that and the former president of the United States, who can declassify whatever he wants, having a locked area where the the records people know that he is harboring, you know, has certain documents that which may or may not still be classified. This distinction is, once again, that, that dichotomy that we talked about earlier. This is really the, the duplicity of, of, of prosecution, and, and I don't agree whatsoever with the decision that this was not an actionable case against Joe Biden, you know, merely because he was incompetent. But then the second question is, if you take it for what it's worth, if the prosecutor does his investigation and believes this man does not have a memory left and is technically incompetent to stand trial, then you got to wonder how he's a CIC. How is he the commander-in-chief, Brett? That's a very yeah. dangerous proposition, in my, in my estimation. Uh, it, you know, it absolutely is a, a hugely uh, dangerous thing. And for, for the record, could Joe Biden have retroactively declassified all the stuff that he had pilfered in his, in his property? I've never seen that case happen. I, I would tend to, to, I've never seen it proffered as a defense. And I, I can't imagine that would be the way it is, because the bottom line is when you're president, you have the right to declassify certain information as you are president. Gotcha. But if you have it from beforehand, you can't go backwards and say, well, I'm declassifying now because it was in my possession. I've never heard of that, yeah. nor would I believe that to be the law. All right. All right. Final a final question for you. Uh, Tucker Carlson in interviews. uh uh, Vladimir Putin, I've got a clip I want to play for you. I want to get your reaction and your thought on this interview, uh, broadly speaking. This is going to be uh, cut number, what am I doing here? I'm doing 42. Cut 42. One of uh, our senior United States senators from the state of New York, Chuck Schumer, said yesterday, I believe, that we have to continue to fund the Ukrainian 
effort, or U.S. soldiers, citizens, could wind up fighting there. How do you assess that? Well, if somebody has the desire to send regular troops, that would certainly bring humanity to the brink of very serious global conflict. This is obvious. Do the United States need this? What for? Thousands of miles away from your national territory. Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than $33 trillion. You have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine? Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? Your, your thoughts on, on that and the, the interview itself there, Scott? Well, you know, you're dealing with a, you know, and look, I'm not a fan. I want to say this right up front. I'm not a fan of this man. I know I know what he's done in the past. I know the people he's taken out in the past. He's a ruthless character, but he's also the leader of his country, and he has an interest in his own people. I, I appreciate the fact that he is can be noted as a very bad guy in history. That said, he's not stupid. And, you know, just the way he's playing chess with that response tells me that he is much more in, in, in his faculties than, say, for example, another commander-in-chief that is currently playing, you know, the opposite position against him, i.e. our president. And it makes me very concerned again, because Putin is, is, is running on all eight, and, and he, is, he is very, very strong mentally, I believe, if you listen to this interview, and he knows how to play to the United States audience and to say, is this really in your interest? And by the same token, he's also saying, look, you don't want to be involved in a war in Crimea, which I'm telling you right now, we don't want to be involved in a war in Crimea. I, I have to agree with him on that point that it is not worth sacrificing American lives or our men and women of our armed forces for that purpose. And, you know, it's a very dangerous situation we have going there. And uh, once again, you know, I look to, you know, the, the, the joint command here, to, to obviously make some, some good decisions there, but I'm, I'm very concerned that I don't see those decisions being made, Brett. And unfortunately, we may have somebody sitting in the White House who may want to then call for an operation against that piece of territory, and that could be catastrophe, right? It could be a very, very dangerous choice, and, you know, I, I would hope that those that are counseling the president and, and making a lot of decisions possibly on his behalf would seriously remember that, you know, if they want to play wag the dog, because we just don't need another war. Yeah. I, I really don't. I really believe that. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, well, great conversation with you, Scott McEwen. I always appreciate the time with you. Where do people go to get more information on Scott McEwen? ScottMcEwen.com is my site, and uh, we're going to have some big, uh, some big um, book and movie information coming out soon, Brett, but I'm not able to go to uh, go to press with that yet, but I will, I will be back in contact with you soon. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, a movie <laughs> and a book. I'm loving this, man. All right, Scott McEwen, uh, stay safe out there. We appreciate you being there, buddy. All right, thank you. We'll talk to you soon.